0: Say if you give a man a gun, he'll rob a bank. But if you give a man a bank, he'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer relationships which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers, and the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire, and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you want to be, well, then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off just Add the code KELLY500, and I'll knock 500 bucks off the Premier membership. We'll see you on the inside.
1: For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first
0: since 1927. We've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seatbelt in 1959. At Volvo, we've made driving safer for you and them.
1: Visit safety.finleyvolvo.com to learn more. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything on today's show. I have been beaming uh, this morning. I've been getting ready. I think I got ready to then get ready uh, to be able to spend time with my friend now. And um, it, it's incredible. I sent out the message to him this morning. I said, you know, can I, can I name this um, episode, can I name it Thriving with Parkinson's? Because I didn't want it to be uh, a situation where I highlighted something that was just a part of who this man is. Um, But I got a a resounding yes in the text message back saying, yes, that's that's a great, uh, you know, title for the show. And so on today's show, you're going to learn about living, and not only living, but thriving with Parkinson's. You're going to learn about entrepreneurship. You're going to learn about how to be able to build an incredible, impeccable brand that's going to last, uh, you know, years and years and years. You're gonna, uh, we're going to learn about legacy, and we're going to learn about how to be able to sustain a business and grow a business, scale a business, um, with keeping the core principles and values. At the, at the absolute core um, of what it is that you do. Um, it's my pleasure. I, I got a chance to meet this young man because of a, another friend of mine. And I think that uh, my mom taught me this. She said, be kind, uh, contribute to everyone, make a ton of friends, and then stay really curious about what other people do because you already know, Kelly, what you do. And so stay curious, ask questions. And this, is, this man was, came to me because I made a friend. I made a friend and a guy named Josh Black. Uh, we met in Alabama, Alabama. And he told me about this man that uh, he was uh, switching up careers and he was going to go and uh, have the opportunity to work with this young man that you guys are going to get a chance to spend time with. And he told me about his integrity. He told me about the human being that he is. And he told me that uh, with a couple of simple principles, he's built a, a business that's lasted uh, over 30 years, has uh, 14 lo- or th- uh, eight locations, 14 in the, in the group, but also has over 600 employees and does over $32 million a year. Um, So we're going to be talking about all of that. But the main thing that we're going to be talking about is the heart of this uh, man and how simple the principles are that he is stuck to and absolutely loves every single person in his organization and every single person that uh, partakes in his organization. So please welcome to the uh, podcast, Mr. BJ Fertisi. Thank you, sir. (laughs) It's so great to have you. Um, I want to, I want to hop right in. Um, You know, a lot of people will, um, they would dream of having an organization with over 600 employees. And you're so humble because you always tell me part-time and full-time, but I just say, I mean, 600 people in an organization, BJ, what, where does a person start to be able to grow that? Because you didn't start with 600 people. Um, you, you know, maybe you started with a couple, but how have you been able to keep those, uh, you know, keep people growing in the same culture and, and uh, thriving for, you know,
2: over 30 years? Well, you have to, to have a, a vision and, and, a, and a value system uh, that's consistent throughout your organization. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did that uh, 30 years ago and we still have it on the wall uh, our, our, vision and mission statement, uh, mission, and vi- uh, vision statement. And, uh, so it's, uh, as long as everybody knows what that statement is and it's on the wall and there's no, uh, cutting corners, uh, you can sustain that. I mean, it's, uh, you, uh, you never quit every shift's a new shift, uh, and you never quit. Taking care of customers, you never quit taking care of your employees. You try to listen, uh, and you uh, listen some more because uh, our business is evolved because of our customers' comments and our employees' comments, and uh, that's why we're here because because of those two those two people, and uh, they they've made us better. And uh, if we hadn't have if we hadn't have been consistent, we wouldn't be here.
1: So BJ, I know that you shared it. You shared it with one of our uh, one of the people in our mastermind group on Facebook. Her name is Jennifer, and she was blown away. You sent her a picture, and you posted it for all of us. You you sent the picture of that of those core values. Um, can you share them with us? Because I think a lot of times, again, when a person looks at a, a six hundred person company when they look at $32 million in revenue, then they go to the complicated, but you have seemed to find the, uh, the, the Holy grail. I call it in the simplicity of making sure that you lock into those values. Can you share those, uh, you know, could, would sure. you be willing to share them?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, first exceed our customer's expectations, uh, work as a team, uh, be clean and safe, uh, it's a family atmosphere, no compromise on standards and quality, uh, be honest and fair, relax and have fun, improve consistently or Before, constantly.
1: BJ, hold on for a second. What you just listed off, like, and, and this is not to take away from the, the, uh, the impact that that has had and the, the growth that that has created, but what you just listed off was not something that was rocket science. And so I, and when I say that, it's incredible because I think a lot of times we go to the complicated. We go as humans, we're like, oh, this thing is going to be so, you know, it's going to have so many moving parts, going to do all these things. And I'm not, I don't mean to oversimplify it, but let's take the first one. Repeat back to me the first one that you said.
2: Uh, Exceed our customer's expectations.
1: Okay. Where did you come up with this, and, and like, what does it mean to you? I mean, when you see it living, breathing, tell us about a specific that maybe in the last you know week or two, because you're working every day. You told me when we get off the podcast, you're actually going back to work. Uh, and right. for those, oh, those of you listening out there, BJ doesn't have to go to work today. He doesn't have to. He wants to. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest ones. But talk to us about exceeding the expectations and what does that look like.
2: Uh. We have so many repeat customers. Uh, They know better what the food should taste like almost. Uh, Whenever I hear a customer say something that it it may be a little off, I go straight to the kitchen because they're usually right. And uh, you just, uh, in our business, before they leave and walk out the door, I want to see a smile on their face. I want to say thank you. I want to hear. come back again and and when they do come back again that means we've exceeded their. we've we've taken care of their expectations but we want to always exceed that we want to be the best and uh and being the best uh you know it it can the definition of being the best is how did we make them feel and uh and if we did that you know we it's, it's amazing how many repeat customers we have. We have, I see some uh, at lunch at one store and I'll go to another store and they're there at dinner the, that same day. Uh, it's crazy, but uh, we love it. We love it. It's a, it's a, it's a family atmosphere uh, and, and you're always trying to exceed their expectations. We're a hospitality business. And so it's like bringing them into your home. Uh, and you know how you treat your guests when they come to your house is how we treat our guests when they come to our house.
1: So BJ, how do you get it to not become overwhelming for your staff because um, there's there's a lot of environments that will want to exceed and what what I hear from you is that you're wanting to exceed, the expectations that you have set in their mind over the years. So if a person comes in this Friday, they have a phenomenal experience. The next time they come in, they're not looking at the first standard before they ever came in to exceed. You're looking to exceed last Friday. Sometimes this can cause pressure on a organization and on the team members inside of it, but it seems like you've figured out a way to be able to relieve that pressure from your staff so they can give the best possible service can you help us with some insight with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh you know, the old thing is take care of your customers. Now it's take care of your servers and your staff because they're the ones that are on the, on the line with your customers. They they see them and talk to them more than we do. Uh and so if we can take care of our our employees and teach them the right way to take care of our guests and and give them that that uh, freedom to be themselves—they're uh, the ones that, that 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 make them exceed, make us exceed their expectations. It's it's, uh, it's not us. It's, and if you break it down like that, it's 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 it's, it's easier. I won't say it's as easy, but uh, it's easier to let to make sure that they take care of them, not us.
1: What are some of the blind spots that, that business owners have when they're treating? Because we, we hear this now, like, you know, you'll hear the overarching, you know, the 30,000-foot the uh, f- view of treating your team and focusing on them. But what are some of the things, like specifics, that you do with Rosie's um, that, you know— kind of creates that that feel. I mean, what are some actionable items that a person can do for their company, or for their employees and their team, because if their team is lifted up, they'll lift up their clients. But a lot of times owners go and they say, you know what, we've got I got to be so hard on my staff to make sure they're so disciplined. But by the time they get to the guest, that person that is serving them isn't feeling lifted up. So what are some of the specifics that you're doing?
2: Well, one thing we do is is get build that strong relationship and know that person outside of the restaurant. You know whether they're taking care of a sick a mom, if they got kids that they have responsibilities. So you start learning about the their their lives, and uh, so you can have more empathy and a different perspective, and you can schedule them different if they have to be. Uh, you got. They got. They have to know you care, and you have to build that trust, both ways. And uh, and we uh, we started uh, about six months ago. We we have pre-shifts for our servers every every morning, and it got to be where they were talking about pre-busing and all the techniques that maybe that we wasn't doing. So uh, I heard uh, in listening to Simon Sinek. Uh, he was talking about Nelson Mandela's father when he had a tribal meeting, they would sit around in a circle and, uh, his dad would always speak last. And so we converted that to our system, uh, twice a week, we, uh, set up tables in a circle before sh- before the shift starts and we come up with a topic, gratitude, uh, And uh, any topic, hobbies, stuff that we want to learn about our employees, and it will go around a circle. And uh, it just uh, that that has changed our uh, relationship uh, tenfold. Uh, But you know, uh, just give them continuous training too. And uh, we require uh, a, a, a trainee to come in and. Work probably ten shifts before he actually goes on the floor, you know, two plates, and he does his follows, and so before that server gets on the floor, he's he's well trained because two things: he can make more money if he's trained, he knows the menu, and it's less comps for us. So uh, that's it's uh, you know, it, you just you have to build that like your dad said, like you said in that book, uh, uh, if you don't have a, a relationship, and, and you put in a lot of new rules, what's that gonna call chaos? And sure. so that's that's what happens. So uh, you got to have a happy uh, employee to have a happy customer. Because if you make a server mad, or you know, the, the cook, sometimes they'll get mad at a server for making mistakes. And, and if once they get out on the floor, it's showtime. So they, it's uh, you just we don't stress if they make mistakes because we can fix those mistakes. Because that customer sitting in that table right there now, if he leaves and we can't, and no, we don't fix it. That's when we probably probably come down on the server more than you know. If he if he knew, but you uh, know. Uh, it's a relationship. It's just it's just building a strong relationship and knowing that person outside the restaurant, and that can go in any business. If you don't know your people and you don't know their fam, the families or the kids, you don't know nothing.
1: So, BJ, what about the people that? And I hear this all the time. Like you know, uh, I, I I remember reading a CEO book and it said, you know, go to the party, show up, but show up for five minutes and then and then take off and and even when I read it, I mean, it was a, a reputable author. I looked at it and I was like, that's, I mean, cause most of the time I find the magic happens at the bar. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you yeah. get a chance to be able to sit down, someone loosens up a little bit. And I used to think, oh man, you know, I don't want to be loose around my people at first. And then I realized, unless I get loose around my people a little bit and not getting sloppy, but it wouldn't really open them up. What did it, what do you do to foster the relationships of the, the, the cooks with the servers, with the hostess, because them connecting too, I find, I mean, and this is what I'm hearing from you, If they're communicating amazing, then then the customer gets a phenomenal experience. And in a lot of places, they emphasize the team, they pump up the individual, and then the individual thinks that they're competing with another individual team member, and that causes friction. But you have seen uh, you've seemed to figure it out. How have you been able to foster those relationships of the cook to the you know uh, to the manager, to the hostess, to the server, and make sure that that stuff is meshing also?
2: Well, we definitely have. Sometimes a us and them uh, problem, and we try to fix it pretty quick because it it only hurts the customer, and uh, so um, we are my our management team. We uh, each store probably has about seven or eight managers. Of course, the general manager, the kitchen manager, and then the assistants, and uh, and then of course myself and, and the other owners. We're actually in the store uh, every day, pre busing, uh, busing tables. If the dishwasher didn't show up, we're washing dishes and people see that. And, and then, so they, the, the tension and that stress between the different departments is, uh, is eliminated, uh, because they see they see the the cleaning the restroom. I go in the restroom every, every hour or so. Just to make sure it's, it's in perfect shape, because when a customer comes in, if he goes to the restroom and it's a mess, he's gonna say, "Oh my God, the kitchen is gonna be a mess." And and so we we try to strive that uh, we're all a team, owners, hostesses, busters. Uh, we we you know it's 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 a team effort, and that's one of our uh, things is is, is, is uh, be a team. Be a team, and and uh, we all can understand that it's easier to get through a shift uh, as a team than not, and uh, and so you just keep promoting and and get out there and have fun with them. Uh, I call we we I call one of our stores uh, that I spent a good time. Uh, I call our bus busers, uh NASCAR because they are turning that table so quick, it blows my mind. And and you may see at a big table, three buses and, and two managers over there cleaning it up. And uh, so, uh, and customers see that if they're on a wait, we're on an hour wait, and they see us busting our butt, uh, managers, owners, uh, they have a little more respect and patience of not being said, you know, within that time frame. So, it's a crazy business. It's a fun business. And, uh, it's a people business, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, but on a Friday night when my buddies are going home from work on their eight to five jobs and I'm going out of my subdivision to my job, it don't bother me. I, I'm having, I'm going to have fun.
1: So where did you, where'd you learn that type of, uh, you know, where'd you learn that type of mentality? Because, you know, when you look at the, the, for me, knowing the whole picture, right? So I see the whole picture. I don't just see BJ, like getting to a chance to be able to know you and spend some time with you. I don't see BJ, the, the, the restaurateur mogul. Um, I don't just see BJ with Parkinson's. I don't just see BJ, the incredible friend. I don't see BJ, the guy who is listening to more podcasts, reading more books than most people. And when you don't really have to, um, but, you know, and, and improving. I see the whole picture, and it's it's amazing because it's consistent. Like, it's consistent with every single thing that you do. So let's track back. Let's go back to young BJ, who was imparting these principles for you. You know, you grew up in Mississippi, right? You have uh, two older brothers and then a younger sister, Right. right and so who was it that was was your mom laying the hammer down was your dad um i mean were they teaching you these principles um you know or was it uh, a part of your environment as far as culture where you grew up
2: they they instilled the the uh the, the principles of uh treating everybody fairly and uh, and and being kind and and uh but uh, when I was in junior college, I was I worked at a service station, and the town I grew up in, uh, the railroad track, split the population between white and black. And so I worked at a service station that was right on the line, and uh, and I'd say eighty-five percent of our uh, our customers were were uh, African American, and that taught me that. If I could take care of people, no matter what color, what creed, or whatever, uh, and have a good time at it, then I could do anything I wanted. Uh, so that kind of started it. And uh, I, became, I passed my CPA exam, and so uh, I had different clients. Uh, but until I got into the restaurant business, uh, it, that, that kind of changed me because you had to have a personality To be able to get out into the uh, to the audience and uh, and uh, and and be a leader and uh, and so uh, but uh, you know my 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 parents were uh, they were they had high standards and uh, they both worked uh, and as a young little kid. most, uh, through I'd say five years uh my second mother was an African American. Because back then your parents worked, somebody had to take care of the kids and uh I was young enough and, and they uh they would hire an African American and uh and that person would become my mother, my second mother and uh so it just uh that that whole uh life that I had was was such a blessing because uh you know my first my first uh song that I ever remember them singing was hit the road jack and uh and Indianola is is famous for uh B.B. B. King's birthplace and so that that blues trail from Memphis to uh Natchez I think or Vicksburg uh it promotes the blues and uh uh it's just a small town, and and uh, everybody knew each other. Uh, yeah, there was some racism, there was some calling names, but you know, at the end of the day, each other, we loved each other, and and that's what's most important. It, it's not, uh, it's not you know, it's, again, it's how you treat, how you make them feel, and uh, that you just stayed consistent and. Uh, and somewhere along the line, I saw that if you do that, you're going to make more friends, you're going to make more money, you're going to have a better life, you, you know, you, all that just, it, it, uh, it, it, it just hit me that uh, just be nice, show them your heart. Uh, and, uh, and
1: BJ when BJ when did you find that uh, that those things started to pay dividends because you know we'll uh, we'll hear our you know you've heard of my pop you didn't get a chance to meet my pop but you know my pop was uh, was the guy like he would he would have sayings he you know there's only one business in the world boy and that's the people business you take the people out the business you got no business at all like he was saying these things over and over and for a long time I was mad at him and I was like dad you sound like a broken record and then, I remember opening my first business. I remember being so mad, BJ, when I had to take notes when I was in fourth grade. I had to take 10 pages of notes before I could go out and play every single day. And I was mad until probably 20, 30 years later, I opened my first business and I built the business based off the principles that I wrote when I was 10 years old. When did it catch for you and when did you start to see that these principles of being nice, being kind, treating people with love, you know, lifting them up, making friends, when did it start to make that little cha-ching sound that you like to hear as a business owner?
2: Uh, well, I guess after I got out of college, uh, I went to work for a CPA firm and, uh, and I guess that's kind of when the money, uh, and, and, and being, uh, being helpful and being important. And, uh, you know, when you start messing with people's money and, 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 taxes, it, it changes the whole, uh, concept. And so, uh, I spent eight years as a CPA in the public accounting arena. And, uh, I guess that's where I built my, how I treat people and, and, uh, how I feel about people. But, uh, again until i got into this restaurant business it was uh it just took me to another level because i could see good food good product good service uh knowing your customers knowing your employees uh you can see it in ourselves and uh and i and i'm not you know it's not about money it's about relationships and and having fun and being proud of what you've accomplished. And, and uh, when we first decided to open a Mexican restaurant, I, I didn't know what enchilada was. <laughs> I never ate Mexican. So, uh, and no, you know, I had you know, gone to Taco Bell a couple times, but that was it. And uh, so uh, my partner said, well, well, we'll hire some people that will come in and teach us how to do it. And, uh, and, and uh, my wife, at the time was said, y'all, y'all are crazy. Y'all don't know nothing about this business. But we knew service, and we knew how to take care of customers. And uh, and we worked our butts off on our first store. Because we knew if the first store didn't succeed, there wasn't going to be a second one or a third one. And uh, so we just busted our butt and learned our customer and uh, learned our employees again. Uh, kept a clean restaurant built a uh, spent so much money on our, our bathrooms as far as tile and 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 kept that clean uh, it was uh, it' was just uh, my uh, the vision we had was to be uh, successful and 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 you know be, you know Simon sinex is finite or infinite business and what are you and you uh, we're an infinite because we're steadily trying to improve even now uh we're changing we change things uh i have a system manager that came to me last week and uh i'm working with him on leadership every wednesday morning and uh he came to me and wanted to change the way we take the chips and sauces to the tables instead of busters taking chips and sauces he said why don't we let our hostesses because they have more time up there you know 30 years it took us 30 years to figure this out <laughs> and a newbie and a new manager came to us and, and saw it and uh but he had been a busher before so uh, i don't know if i've answered your question but it just uh it it, it didn't i guess it it sounded more in the restaurant business because i i was in the operational side before i had been in the administrative and financial side and that's i didn't hear (laughs) kachings and so uh once i got out in in the operational side i heard the kachings and they made me happy
1: well, I think it's cool too to be unafraid of talking about money because I, I remember early on in my life, I I didn't want to talk about money because it was like I either, I was taught early that you either get, you know, you lead with your heart and you, you function by your heart or you function by money but you can't have the two. But then I met people like you and I met people like you and, I you know, my, my pop showed me this throughout the time is the byproduct of you doing what your purpose to do is you're going to be rewarded for it. And a lot of times you're going to be rewarded for it financially. Um, so we're going to go to, we're going to cut to a commercial break, but this is the question I'm going to ask you before, and then we're going to come back and I want you to answer this. Um, I found in my travels that if you don't love numbers, you'll always be controlled by someone who does. And, um, I, I when we come back from commercial break, I would like to be able to understand because you came from a CPA background, you were a CFO, uh, you know, you were a CFO in the Stakeout franchise, and then you became an owner in this. And I wanna, I wanna. Go down that rabbit hole as far as um, the, the entrepreneurs out there that are saying, like, I'm not really a numbers person, but I'm an idea person. I want us to talk about some of the pitfalls that you can have if you don't have a financial mind and you're going into business.
2: Right.
1: So right after the commercial break, BJ is going <laughs> to answer those questions and many more. And we're going to go into the, uh, the Parkinson's journey, too, uh, because I think this is so absolutely interesting, but it's something that you haven't let define you. Uh Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in The Hideout. First of all, let me tell you what The Hideout is not. The Hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The Hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially, and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things, like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever need them. This is not your typical mastermind. The hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, You'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business.
0: I say it is you've got two choices you can either keep pretending like nothing bad's ever gonna happen to you and then when it does you're saying uh-oh or you can get ahead of what's coming so that when it does not if you're ready for it and you're sitting pretty sipping on my ties next to the pool working on that caribbean suntan because you got it covered so folks it's time for you to learn the truth about money it's time for you to take back control of your money so that you are ready or what's about to happen. By doing that, you're setting yourself up for absolute success. No matter what comes your way, you're ready for it. And that's what I want for you. And I want to help you with that. So go to chrisnoggle.com and sign up for the wealth webinar. We do them every Wednesday at 1 p.m. And you need to be there because it's time to get prepared.
1: Welcome back. Now, I asked the question before the commercial break about um, the importance of understanding and falling in love with numbers. And it's it's great because my buddy, Chris Nagel, uh, he's the number one money mentor in the uh, in the country. Um, he was just talking, to, as far as you saw it on the commercial, and this was something that I didn't learn about very early on, which was financial literacy. Um, and so you'll want to check out Chris Nagel. The other thing, you saw a commercial for Volvo earlier. The cool thing is, is not only is Volvo a uh, uh, Volvo, uh, Vinley Volvo of Las Vegas, um, a sponsor for our podcast, but also it was the very first luxury car that I ever got a chance to have. And it was my mom's favorite car that she's ever had. Um, none of those things, having a luxury car or, um, you know, building a business is possible BJ without numbers. So I said it before the break that if you don't love numbers, you'll always be controlled by someone who does. Can you expand on that?
2: uh in our business uh we we drive sales sales is our number one number of course and uh uh you do that by repeat customers you do that by uh expanding your restaurant uh you do that by uh, just growing growing your restaurants your locations and uh but if you don't look at your cost uh you know, one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be behind on cash. Uh, and what we do is we do a weekly, what we call flash It's a P&L. And uh, we build we build in all our, our costs uh, that are fixed that are that don't change really from uh, month to month or, or period to period. And we uh, we calculate, you know, ads put ourselves in all our variable information in there. And so on a Monday or a Tuesday, we know what our profit is for that week. And uh, we feel like that if if, if you if, if you got a store that's having some issues with labor or not making the same amount of money, then you can narrow it down to what what it is. Uh, you know, when COVID hit, that just uh, it, it took us to another level. Uh, you know, we, we were shut down for uh, two to three months, and uh, then we could start doing uh, takeout, and and that was one opportunity that we never saw, is that several of our stores didn't have a curbside business before COVID, and so after COVID we did, and uh, and and it, it, it's, we've sustained that that takeout menu, uh, that takeout revenue. Uh, we still are busy inside the restaurants because people want to get out, but that curbside that, that we didn't have before COVID and we do now, uh, it's 20% of our business. And so, uh, being a CPA, yeah, it, 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 it uh, it helped me with the numbers and, and, uh, uh but, uh, you, you gotta be able to, to know your numbers and you gotta know them quick. You can't, you can't wait till the end of the month because it's too late. Uh, because that, that money has been gone out the door, uh, either somehow, either stealth or, uh, over portioning or, uh, your pricing is not right. Uh, right now, uh, our, our biggest problem is getting merchandise, uh, you know, uh, getting packaging and getting, uh, my, my guy, my kitchen manager goes to Sam's every, every, almost every day because he can't get stuff out of our distribution, uh, facilities. And so, uh, um, also where everything is made fresh at our restaurants, nothing is, is bought frozen. And so we have to stay on our food costs and, and know, uh, how much it's costing us because, uh, you got to change quick. You know, you, you, you see those high dollar re- restaurants that have a market price. Uh, we can't do that. We don't do that. And uh, we stay pretty consistent with our, uh, our pricing. But uh, you've got to know your numbers. Uh, because uh, you'll wake up one day and and you ain't got the money to pay bills.
1: So, what are some of the what are some of the 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 areas? So, if we gave three uh, areas where a, a business owner, um, so I think there's three types of uh, business owners, right? The person who's embarking, the person who's growing, and then the person who's uh, you know sustaining. And ultimately, if you're a business owner, you want to be in all of those realms. You want to be growing, right? You you want to be uh, at a at a, a place where you're you're getting to sustain. Um, but what would be some of the, like the financial, like if you looked at it and you said, okay, look at this, this, and this in your numbers, and this will help you today in your business, what would those be?
2: Uh, our, our, our biggest cost right now is, is labor. Uh, what happened is uh, when all the people were getting the money and, and from the government and not working and, uh, living at home uh we were having a hard time getting employees so what we had to do is raise our 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 our, uh, hourly wage we went from nine dollars in our in our kitchen we went from nine dollars to sixteen dollars into within two years and uh it's hard to absorb that and 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 force your customers to absorb that cost so you have to uh, look at other areas uh our uh, the government uh Government requirements is cost us uh, money that we used to didn't have, uh, as far as regulations, and uh, you know we have a full time HR, actually several HR people, and uh, need more because uh, because of the number of uh, employees we have. So uh, labor costs is one. Uh, of course, food costs. It's it's all over the place because you never know from week to week. Uh, what your pricing is going to be on on commodities uh we uh we don't chinch on anything as far as the quality of the product our our fajitas skirt meat is by far our best seller and it don't matter how high how, how we raise it people buy it and uh it's uh it, it's far fajitas and uh but uh those are the two areas uh food costs and labor costs and and your comps uh are probably your biggest items that you can control but you know we try to drive sales and and, and being you know I, I guess you can call me a bean counter or whatever but i look at the top top line i look at sales and if sales are there you know it's hard to uh, excuse my language but hard to piss the profits away but uh <laughs>
1: Well, but but there are people who, uh, you know, just it's amazing because it seems like you have control of both sides. Right. And so, you know, I had one one of my friends, which I wish that I would have talked to him earlier. His name was Frank Gambuza. And he told me a thing called bottom up, um, bottom up accounting. And I wasn't uh, aware of it. You're probably aware of it because you're a lot smarter than me, BJ. But he said, you know, as a company, um, choose your profit margin. Pay yourself first and then figure out how to be able to do all the rest. So the way that you put it to me is like if you take a dollar into your place and you wanted a 15% profit margin, take 15 cents, put it in an account that you cannot touch. Take the 85 cents and make that 85 work for the rest of the the areas. And it, it really shifted things. But I don't know that, I mean, I was in a different business. Is Could that bottom-up accounting work in a restaurant?
2: It can it can, uh, because uh, you know your numbers. Your numbers are going to stay pretty close to the same uh per- each period, and we do a full week period instead of a monthly uh, accounting. So uh, weeks, we, uh, each week, kind of compares to the, to the next and to the prior year. Uh, but yeah, you can do that. But uh, our costs jump so quick that we couldn't. We couldn't furlough it over to our customers it, it just it they probably would have paid it and every price increase that we've done nobody has said anything but it's just the our integrity we couldn't uh, we didn't feel good about uh about doing that i mean you go to some places uh the non-alcoholic beverages are three dollars and fifty cents ours is 295. we just it's hard to cross that three dollar for coke or uh or, for that type of beverage so we we kind of eat that uh our our kids meals are cheap uh and we do that so the family can come out to eat we uh so uh we probably could make a good bit more money if we priced it higher but uh we look at our, at our volume of people customers that come through the door uh and uh and 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 work from work on that Sense. Uh, But yeah, you can do bottoms up. Yeah. Uh, But uh, either we're, you know, we're too nice or. We're not smart enough. No, no, no. But the reason why,
1: when, when he told me about it, it blew my mind because a lot of times as business owners, then we take in the money, yeah, and then we pay every other person. We pay, uh, you know, the cost of, uh, you know, our hard costs. We pay our labor. We pay everything. And what's left over is our profit. And when he shifted my mindset on that, saying that, no, no, choose your profit. Choose what you want to make. And, you know, if that was 15 20%, whatever it was, then... When you paid yourself the same way financially, if you paid yourself first, you would figure out a way to be able to pay everything else. And, and it, it kind of just shifted, mind, you know, mindset for me. Um, and, but I was curious in the, in the restaurant business because there's different costs. I, I, I didn't deal with perishable items. That's, that's a place that I want to go right now and talk about because, I mean, the restaurant business is one of the toughest businesses in the entire world. But you're uh, with a smile on your face. Four or five principles that you have, you stick to, you make sure that your integrity is intact, you treat people amazing, you build your team, and it seems like it's the greatest industry in the world in your eyes. So, like when whenever someone talks about a restaurant, they talk about the difficulty of it. And I'm not saying that's not difficult, but you have seemed to find some sort of combination what is that? What if you, if you had to break it down in three things and you said, if you do X, 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 if, and, and only three, what would that be to be able to, uh, you know, own and, and, and to be able to grow a successful restaurant business?
2: Higher quality people and train them, uh, train, train, train continuously. Uh, have a clean environment, a, uh, a, a, a area, a, a facility that it, the customers can look at our, either our uniforms or or uh, how we handle ourselves and uh, know from that uh, from that that we've got a clean restaurant and, and we do things right all all the way to our landscaping. We spend a fortune on landscaping, but uh, it comes back. Uh, you know, our customers come what, what What are y'all planting right there? And, uh, you know, we try to find some, some exotic things and, and, uh, but we spent a ton of money on landscaping that just the first thing they come, you know, they see is our landscaping. The other thing is we put music out in our parking lot. So when they open that door, they're, they're thinking, uh, his you know uh, mexican and uh having fun it relates to all that and so uh i know that's more than three but uh those three equal happy customers
1: so let's let's go here uh bj because eight years ago things changed right I mean, perspective changed, life changed. Um, you started to see things through a different lens. I mean, you have this, this man who, you know, started off, went to college, got the CPA part of it. Um, you know, became a CFO, then went into, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, you start growing the businesses, everything like that. Eight years ago, you got some news that kind of shifted things for you. Can you talk about
2: it? Yeah, I was, uh, diagnosed with, uh, Parkinson's on my birthday, 922, by uh, 2014. And I pretty much knew that, that I had it. Uh, I'd gone through about, probably three or four or five months with different symptoms. Uh, 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 my uh, rolling uh, hand, uh, tremors, uh, lack of smell, uh, lack of taste, uh, cognitive issues, fatigue. Uh, and my dad had Parkinson's so I, I can I could relate to some of the the symptoms he had, but uh, when I went to uh, the, uh, the we went to what was so who was supposed to be the specialist of Parkinson's in Huntsville, and I went to him and my wife, and uh, he said, "You have Parkinsonian symptoms, and uh, here's a pill. I'll see you in six months." Well, we walk out the door and look at each other and says, "What? What? What did he say?" Uh, and so she had had a head injury a couple of years before that. And we had a neurologist that, that we really liked. And so she called him and says, uh, do you handle Parkinson patients? And he said, that's all I'm doing right now. And, uh, and so I hooked up with him and, uh, yeah, it changed my life. It, it, uh, it for the better, uh, because it made me slow down a little bit and, uh, <laughs> And, uh and and it and, and opened my heart to things that maybe I wouldn't hadn't thought about and uh, and and but one thing that I did do is is uh, we fought it me and, me and my family fought it uh, and because I didn't want to be like my dad back then uh, they wanted you to not do much exercise they uh, the medicine, was, you know, was not as good as it is now. So uh, he uh, and and he didn't get out as much. He didn't, you know, socialize. Uh, so I kind of did the the reverse of that. I exercised like a maniac. I found a trainer. Uh, I, I had a great doctor that that finally that they got my cocktail right. Uh, I went to UAB, which is a uh, great uh, great facility. Uh, University of Alabama Birmingham and I had a movement disorder uh, doctor there Uh, and so I just went about that process of of, of knowing that I was gonna beat this thing and and uh, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be my trainer first time I met him uh, he said what's your why and I said what he said, what's your why? Before I train you, before I work with you, you got to tell me your why. And so I said, well, I want to I want to be around when my grandkids grow up. I want to see them dance, and I want to see them play sports. And I want to see my kids uh, grow up to be good citizens. And uh, I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. And so he said, all right, we're never going to say the P word again. And, uh, and we did. We worked. I worked with. I worked out with him for five years, and we may have said Parkinson's twice in those five years. Uh, it, to him, it was just a condition, and uh, and and that's how we treated it. And uh, and he he was a he was account I, he was accountable. I was accountable to him because he put so much effort into it. Uh, I'd be on vacations, and he'd text me my uh, my workout that day. And my wife said. Is he gonna let you have a vacation? I said no. He don't. He don't quit. Uh, so, uh, like I said, it, it was probably one of the better things that ever, has ever happened to me because uh, I'm in great shape now. I, uh, I, I, uh, I some one of the symptoms was a co- was cognitive, and uh, so. One of the things that helps with cognitive is new learnings. So that's why I read so much. That's why I, I read so much about leadership and and listen to all the YouTube videos and uh, to 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 ward off memory problems or or, or uh, cognitive issues. And uh, but uh, I don't I don't advertise it much in the stores. Uh, people know it, but I try to outwork them. Uh, we did a, we have a blog, me and my wife, uh, when I was diagnosed, we we went to a, a friend of mine and was and said, should we do a book, you know, a journal? And uh, he said, why don't you just do a blog? And so we started doing a blog. My wife learned how to do a blog and uh, I would write the main content and she would edit and add stuff to it and add pictures to it. And uh, we did about 24 and... Uh, we did it more for ourselves and uh but it got to be where people that had Parkinson's would read it and it would make an impact on them uh we let it go uh we it, it kind of uh what happened during COVID is uh is my one of my bank accounts was hacked that the processor was uh, drafting a, a on and so we we lost it and and didn't uh didn't put didn't put any effort to uh get it back on but she's doing it now she hopefully have it uh in the next several days all the posts that we put on there again we put about 24 posts and uh it's uh it did make an impact and uh but um, one of the things one of the things i wrote on was a superman complex that i was going i was going to outwork anybody in that restaurant and uh, and basically, I did. Uh, and my doctor said, you know, you got to slow down. You got to give the stuff that you don't like to do, which was the accounting, uh, and 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 get and and keep the stuff that you like to do. So uh, the stuff I like to do is is uh, is being with our employees and making an impact on their lives. And uh, but. Uh, I still have my days. Uh, I'll come home and take a nap, uh, you know, twice, three times a week. And, uh, that rejuvenates me. I get up early, uh, get up early to have that quiet time to meditate and, and, uh, drink my coffee and listen to Christian music or listen to motivational speakers and, and, and have that positive attitude before I hit the, hit the, hit the ground running. Uh, and, uh, because I can stay strong if I do that uh, and have that mentality and have that positive attitude and, and uh, I try to uh, to give that to people that that are in our in the same situation I'll get a call from uh, uh, a friend says uh, my uncle just got diagnosed would you mind talking to him and so I'll go there and say you know basically it's not it's not a uh, a life sentence it's uh you can live a great life and, and a happy life and a fulfilling life if you just you know do do some things that, that I was doing and I'm still doing is uh make an impact on people's lives I uh it's just uh I don't think about it that bit much uh other than the positive side of Parkinson's and, and helping people and uh um it's just uh, it's uh, it's almost like, you know, uh, I hate to say it like this, but, uh, you know, I'm different than some than other people and uh, but in a good way. And so. Uh, but I've had a great My family's been great. Uh, they uh, they treat me normal, just like a grandpa and a dad, uh, you know, if they get mad at me, they don't mind telling me. Uh, <laughs> So, I, I can't use that as an excuse, and I won't. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, Huntsville is a great place to have had Parkinson's because of all the things that are going on here. We have a Parkinson's center. We have, uh, the city is building a building for uh, our, what we call Rocksteady Boxing. It's a, it's an organization that was started by a guy that had Parkinson's, and he, he found out that, Boxing would cure some of his symptoms, and uh, it did. Uh, I, I had a, a trainer for several years, and this director of the Rock City kept, you know, kept showing up at places that I would show up at, and so I finally joined, and, and the speed bag, you know, my my cognitive went away, it improved my cognitive. Uh, my balance was better. Everything was better that I thought that I didn't have a problem with, but, uh, but the camaraderie of being around p- other people that have the same disease as I can, I have, uh, you can, I, I we can ask each other questions about the, their, their doctors and their, uh, medicine they're taking, how they're feeling. And it just, uh, it's, a uh, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. And, uh, I also do a loud crowd, uh, one of the symptoms is uh, swallowing. Uh, I couldn't eat certain things, my like chicken or bread. And uh, my, most people with, uh, or some people with Parkinson has a low voice. And so I go to this thing called a loud crowd, and we talk with intent. And uh, it strengthens your vocal cords and your esophagus. And uh, so uh, I'm very active out in the community. And, and uh, to, to prove to people that, you know, it's like, you can, you can live a great life. You can. So
1: help us to understand too, because I think a lot of times when someone goes through a, um, when they get a diagnosis or there's a major event, then things shift. But what about the people out there that haven't got the diagnosis? What would you say to them? Because, you know, there's the, there's the kids right now that, you know, uh, think, um, you know, my, my circumstances are dire right now. And they're talking about maybe they just lost their job or they're going through a divorce or they're going through this, but they're not going through the things that you're going through. And I'm not comparing the two, but a lot of times being able to have that wisdom, what would you wish that maybe someone would have told you before the diagnosis for you to start focusing on that now is just, you're aware
2: of? That's a hard question. Uh, I guess just appreciate life more and and appreciate people more. Uh, you know, and don't don't try to, you know, one of the things you talk about is celebrate success is and uh, we don't do that enough in our company uh, and in life, you know, uh, things that happen for the good we're moving on to the next thing uh and so if if uh that would probably be one of the most definite things that uh just enjoy enjoy the journey enjoy the process of life and uh and uh and uh, celebrate successes uh celebrate life and uh and Connect with people. Uh, this group that we're in is just—it's been fascinating because we got so many smart people that are joining, and so many uh, kind people that uh, that we're connecting and talking to. And uh, that's only going to help us grow as individuals. And uh, whether you're 65 and got Parkinson's, or whether you're 35 and you're healthy as a rat, uh, it don't matter. Uh, you know, I, I still think that I have a lot to live, uh, and 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 I'm gonna fight this thing to the very end. Uh, but I don't think about it that way. I, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new shift. You know, tonight I'm going to a restaurant. It's a new shift, <laughs> and that's the way I, my life is. Is whatever happens bad today, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. And uh, and you know, people with that have uh difficulty in their lives you know they go to that mountain they want to clean they want to climb that mountain as quick as possible and but take your time and and there's sun on the other side and it's going to be good
1: so bj is 65 years old um going through what you have in your life i mean and seeing the things that you have what have you realized that's not that important
2: Uh, what's well, not important, uh, you know, to me, almost everything is important, especially now, uh, I think that maybe I took, uh, for granted certain things, uh, people, maybe, uh, family, maybe, uh, I worked too much. Uh, I didn't slow down. I didn't take the time to enjoy certain things that they did. And, and, uh, and, but I'm making up for it now. And uh, I think it's never too late to, to, to uh, be kind to somebody, uh, make an impact on their lives. Uh, I, uh, one of my favorite, and and first YouTube, uh, that I listened to was uh, a guy named Inky Johnson. He's a, f- it's a great story if anybody wants to listen to it, uh, I-N-K-Y Johnson. He's a, uh, he wanted to be an NFL football player. So he went to, he lived in a bad neighborhood in, in Atlanta, uh, 14 people in a two bedroom house. And so he saw his outlet as a, uh, getting, getting, uh, playing for the NFL. And he made it to Tennessee. He was a, junior Tennessee and his, his coach called him up and says you're going to be in the top 30 draft picks this year all you got to do is play you the rest of the season he was going to be a millionaire and uh suck game of the season he had a, a life uh, a, a career-ending injury but the story goes on that he had his sweat and his tears and his process that he did to make it to that point carried him to a different level and he's a motivational speaker now and so uh my daughter sent me this that that first uh podcast and uh, i never knew what a podcast was and i said what is this she says well he reminds me of you because the doctor told him that he would never be able to use his arm again he said no doc you're wrong i can make it to make an impact on people's lives inspire people and uh that resonated with me uh uh and and i listened to it He's, he was number 29 and i'm a uh, sometimes i paranoid. So I, I listened to that for straight 29 days. I listened to that same uh, 39 minute podcast. And finally it hit me that, you know, you can do things that like he's doing to make impacts on people's lives. And, and that's what I try to do in the restaurants or uh, anywhere uh, because people need each other. And, uh, and so, being sixty-five, I have uh, some experience. Uh, I made some bad, you know, bad calls, and made some good calls, and uh, but uh, I'm on a journey right now, and it's a fun journey. Uh, people ask me, "When you? Why don't you retire? You're 65. Uh, I don't want to. I'm having too much fun in in, in the business, and uh, you know. Uh, and a Friday night or a Saturday nights hard it's all day and uh, but it man when you go home you feel like you've done something especially if you've made a uh, made a friend as an uh, employee as a friend and uh, you know a little bit about them and so uh, that's that's how we keep our people is we know that we know them and they know that we care about them and that's 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 really it. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's 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 rocket science. <laughs> uh, I, I told I swore I wouldn't use that again, but uh, it's a uh, it's a fun time. I'm having a great time, and I don't know when I'll retire. I guess when they run me off.
1: <laughs> well, BJ, it, it's amazing because you've used that term before, and I remember even in one of the groups, one of the mastermind calls that we did, um, <laughs> you said. It's not rocket science, and I, I I was like, hey, wait a second, uh, BJ, because it's rocket science to all the rest of us. It's simple to you because it's your purpose, right? And this is a place where I want to go to. Is you talked about, you know, the CPA part, all of everything, and then you found the restaurant, right? And a lot of people, when they listen to stories like yours, they're like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to be in the restaurant. And what I want to invite you to, if you're listening right now or you're watching, which I want to thank you, um, I want to tell you that be inspired by these stories, but be inspired by them to. Find your purpose. Just because BJ found his purpose in the the restaurant business does not mean you need to be in the restaurant business. It could be, but how can a person find that purpose? Because BJ, once you found it, it's like you have an unlimited source of energy to be able to, like you, you were just saying it yourself on Friday and Saturday night, it's hard, but I do it because it's what I'm supposed to do. How can a person find what they're supposed to do?
2: I think uh, you know you got to get outside your house and uh, cut the TV off and and get out and mingle with with uh, the crowd, the people that are out there doing things, and, and uh, church people, uh, uh, just anybody that has some activity that you're associated with, and and talk to them. It's amazing what you can find out if you just ask them what they're doing and, 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 uh, you know, why they're doing it and, uh, who are they doing it for? And, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's just, it, it, uh, I would have never thought I'd be in a restaurant business, uh, as a, as a kid or as an adult. Uh, but you can always find that niche somewhere that, you know, man, I, 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 enjoyed that. I enjoyed coaching or I enjoyed, uh, working at that clothing store or work, whatever, uh, uh or an engineer, uh, but, uh, there's connections and, and you're making, helping us make those connections right here with this group. And, uh, and, uh, i just think that that's how you do it you 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 connect uh and then you uh you know find out what you want to do and if you do it well uh you'll succeed at it Uh, but you have to have a passion you know you got to want to go in that restaurant and you got to want to you know go when you really don't want to uh when i was diagnosed i would drive to my restaurant because I had an issue with being around people, being around crowds for a short time. And uh, I would go to the restaurant and go to the back parking lot and I couldn't get out of my car. Uh, And I did that for three or four weeks. But what I found out is once I went in, the people that loved me, the customers and our employees, they helped me through this process. And, uh, and, there's people, if you just talk to them and, find, and get that connection, that's all it takes, don't be, um, uh, don't be afraid to, to ask. And uh, um, I actually got into this business because my, one of my clients, a Domino's Pizza franchisee in St. Louis, uh, needed somebody in-house. And I was kind of getting bored of uh, public accounting uh, it was so hard. Public accounting was so hard because you did a whole lot of different things, taxes, audits, and and you wasn't good. You were not great at any of them, and uh, I just didn't feel comfortable. So I joined him in house, and, uh, and 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 kind of just stuck with it, and uh, moved back to Huntsville with stakeout franchising, and and he's my partner. Sold French at uh, the stakeout franchising, and. We open Mexican restaurants, so uh, if somebody told me I would open a Mexican restaurant, like I said, I, I'd never eaten enchiladas. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what that was, and uh, but I uh, every day I eat something from that store, and uh, it's just uh, I don't know. You got you got to get out of your shell if you're not happy with what you're doing, and and just. You know, beat the doors down. Find out. Talk to your friends. And and somewhere there's a piece of nugget that will will draw you in. And and there you go. You know. Um,
1: well, BJ, I think that you're a, an incredible example of it. And you know, you're. It, it, I want. The the people out there that are listening to or that if you're watching, what I want you to understand is that it's not going to hit you like a ton of bricks. A lot of times there's going to be small little opportunities that are wrapped in, you know, not the greatest situation. It wasn't like, you know, BJ was posed with, hey, you're going to own eight restaurants, do 32 million, have 600 employees in your company, and this is the offer that I'm going to give you, that's not what it was. It came through that, that work, um, you know, and and stepping out and doing a little something different. And what I want to compliment you on, BJ, is that you are, you have inspired me to want to grow, to want to learn. Because every time when I talk to you, you're like, I listened to this podcast, I, I read this book, I, I'm doing these things. And it's just, it's incredible to see it. And when you look at the the principles of it, they come back to very simple, you know, making sure that you connect with people, that you're exceeding expectation, that you work as a team, um, and that you're having fun with it. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing that it can be that simple, but most people look past the simple because they want to make it complicated. Yeah. And so, uh, BJ, you know why I started the podcast. Uh, and I want to I thank you, BJ, because, you, you you know, every time when we talk, you're like, hey, I just listened to, you just listened to Kirk Chug. He asked me when we got on the uh, episode today, he's like, hey, uh, did you put on cologne? Because I know you put on cologne for somebody else. And um, But I started the podcast because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself, and I wanted my kids to realize that the BJs of the world aren't superheroes, that they are human beings with Sometimes really cool circumstances, sometimes not that great of circumstances. Sometimes they get a a diagnosis eight years ago that changes things, but that they keep on moving, that they keep growing and that their attitude is on fire. And I wanted to show my kids that anything was possible that way. So what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could refer, if you could use both their names and refer to yourself as Uncle BJ, because that's who you are to my kids right now, so.
2: Uh, McKenna and Maddox, uh, my my advice to you would be that you're gonna have some some pitfalls and you're gonna have some difficulties in life uh, down the road. And when you get to that mountain, climb it. And uh, because you're not gonna be able to go around it, you're gonna have to climb it because there's there's sun on the other side and that. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be better. It's gonna make you stronger. And uh, don't shy away from it. Believe in yourself and, uh, and have the confidence that that you can do it. And I know you can, especially with a dad like you.
1: Well, BJ, I want to thank you. You have, been, uh, you have been absolutely incredible. I mean, I've, what I've taken, taken away from this, uh, you know, from so many different aspects, uh, you know, because when people look at, they look at success in business and they're like, oh, wow, then everything is going well. But with you, it's like, no, I choose. I choose every single day. What you, should, what you said was, if the day is not great, <laughs> I have the thought in my head, it's going to be better tomorrow. Um, this is, I, it's been absolute gold. And what I love about you too, BJ is you mentor people. Let me ask you this. And I've, I think I've asked this of you before, and I, I, I think I might know the answer because you've possibly told me for a person out there that wants to get mentored by a person like you, what does it cost? What, what does that person have to do? A young kid that's in the business or wants to learn business or whatever it is, if they come to you and ask you, BJ, can you help me? What is the, what's the investment for them or what do they have to do to be able to be mentored by a person at the level that you're playing at?
2: I've got a young guy that's uh, been with us. Uh, he was 16 as a busser. Uh, he went to college, played football, uh, got married, had a baby. Uh, didn't finish college. He's trying to finish it now, and he came to me and says, uh, "I want to understand leadership." And so, me, we meet at eight thirty every Wednesday. Uh, this is we've done it three times now, and I'll give him some podcasts or or, or some some books to read. And uh, if he keeps meeting with me every Wednesday and is eager and and eager to learn, uh, I'll stay with him because that kid is going to be somebody and, uh, hopefully he's somebody for us.
1: BJ, how much does that cost him every week?
2: It didn't cost him nothing. Okay. It cost him nothing. <laughs> uh, it, it gives, I'm the one that makes the money. It, uh, well, I'm not making money. I'm making a friend and I'm making, uh, uh, a feel good moment. I'm, 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 uh. Uh, I'm just, that's that, uh, what do you call that? Uh, when you, when you get that, uh, hit on your, your likes, uh, dopamine, I'm getting a dopamine hit (laughs) when I help somebody, uh, and when I make an impact on somebody's lives, I get that dopamine hit and, uh, and, and it feels good.
1: Well, I want to encourage every single person out there that's watching, that's listening. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, mash the button. If you're listening, I want to thank you. And the thing that helps us the most is the reviews. So if you do a review, you rate the show. That helps us more than even the downloads. We want you to download it too, but we want you to do that. But if you are watching or you are listening, what I want you to realize is that the mentor that you want is at the end of you actually just showing up. Because when I have interviewed some of the top minds in the world, like a BJ, some of the greatest entrepreneurs in our country, like a BJ, I ask them that same question all the time. And I ask them, how much would it cost for you to mentor somebody? And they all give me the exact same price, which is nothing except the fact that you will listen, you will show up, and then you will bring back the results of the things that you actually applied. I, I wish that I would have known this at a very, very early age because the world is open to all of us. Seek out number one. Seek out the person who's doing it. If you want to know how to run a restaurant at the highest level, get a hold of BJ. His, his uh, website is in the comments. And then when you get a hold of him, Make sure that you ask for a specific amount of time with specific questions. Don't waste his time. But also the way that you don't waste his time is by applying the things and bringing back the story of you applying the principles that he has given. And it's, it blows my mind because I used to think I need to spend $50 million or $5,000 or $10,000 to be coached by these people. When the people who are really doing it are willing to give it to you as long as you're willing to honor it through your story and just become successful. And for us, all we want is your story. Am I correct on this BJ? All we want is the story. And so that's where I want to encourage you. Um, I want to thank everyone listening and watching for uh, helping the podcast to be in in the top 1% globally. It blows my mind every time I say it. Um, But it's just my hat's off to you, and I thank you. Share it with every single person. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We need 1,000 subscribers because my uh, my son, Maddox, thinks I'm really cool when that happens. BJ, you have been an absolute pleasure. And I can't wait to have you on the podcast again. Um, But you're stuck with me because I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life.
2: I can handle that.
1: <laughs> BJ, take them out with top three things with leadership. If they just, uh, like if you could only give three points on leadership, let's finish it with that.
2: Have a strong interaction, uh, our connection with your, your people, uh, be consistent with your uh, managing style and reward them with bonuses or, or higher pay, whatever it takes to keep them if they're doing the job. And uh, that could be number one, uh, <laughs> but uh, money doesn't keep people there. I've, I've seen it. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's caring about somebody, and they know you're caring about them uh, that, will, uh, that will rise above anything.
1: Bang, bang, and bang. Guys, keep it as simple as possible. Check out MexicanCantina.com. It's in the comments. You need to do that. Check out all of our sponsors. Make sure you patronize them. Check out uh, uh, Chris Noggle with uh, Private Money Club and with Money School, Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas, Jim DiGiulio, one of the greatest service uh, you know experiences that you'll ever have in your life. And I want to thank you. BJ, you're officially off the hot seat.